as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll meet a guy, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry. Schmidt heads unite! Good morning. Wow, that was loud, sorry. Hey, good morning. Um, or time-appropriate greetings, depending on where you are. Um, <laughs> today, Monday, what is it, January something or another? What's the date today, 28th? I don't even, I got a tree you are, volume. You are terrible. What is the date today? The date is the 28th. 28th, see? It is January 28th. January You're 28th. listening to The Schmidt Show. You're Brad Schmidt. You're the host. <laughs> this is The Schmidt Show. <laughs> I am, in fact, your host. Um, and I got a vanilla Pepsi. Thanks, Noah. <laughs> you still, you're yeah, the I, host, Brad Schmidt? I am. I am. <laughs> so the Hig brought me a uh, vanilla Pepsi this morning. I did. See, my, my, technical, my technical service abilities extend beyond just computers. Just computers, yeah. So... Um, yeah, so fantastic day today. So we're going to have a fun show. We've got actually a lot to talk about. Um, I love this thing. I, th- it's so, a great, it's a great, it's a great widget, isn't it? It is. It's a fidget so, yeah. spinner. So let thingy. me, uh, this is Ask Noah show, by the way. Um, if you're wondering what this is, it's essentially um, for those that's that your can't show. see the, yeah, for those that can't see the camera, it's essentially what it is, is a, uh, a crocheted, knitted. I don't know what yeah. the word is. Yeah, it's, but there's like a little plastic thing that they weave right, yarn yeah. through. Yeah, and a listener made, point or She made a bunch of those for me. So um, this is a little insight into ADD, right? So I was thinking about this last night as I was doing kind of show prep and kind of trying to figure all this stuff out, and um, and be ready for the show today. And I was thinking, why does it rain cats and dogs? Or, you know, when they say cats, you know, it's raining hard, it's raining cats and dogs. So I looked that up and Googled it. Um, nobody really knows where that saying came from. Um, but then I got to thinking about um, and how I, why don't they call it raining cats and dogs or snowing cats and dogs, right? You never hear somebody say it's snowing cats and dogs. No, that would sound pretty dumb. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And <laughs> from somewhere in there, I thought snow is fluffy. Sheep are fluffy. Wool keeps you warm in the cold. I can't. And I can't even with you, dude. I'm telling you, the uh, the 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 levels of ADD that I ended up with is I'm not really entirely certain how I got there, but I thought we should talk sometime and have a special episode about <laughs> <laughs> about idioms and sayings and things like that and then i thought nobody's gonna care right. about any of that so I, i'm sitting next to you and i don't care about <laughs> so that's a little bit of insight into into my the add mind i went from it's whatever 907 degrees below zero where we live and we ended up with um What's we and yeah we ended up with idioms for a special episode of the schmidt show because yeah. sheep are fluffy uh, and snow is fluffy we're, we're four minutes into the show and you've already <laughs> you've already drug us so far off the rails at this point so what we're going to talk about good morning says uh dave um do you work overnights well no it's sometimes yeah. not on, no, i mean not last not night on but Sunday on generally nights. you do no oh hey by the way i have a little tickle in my nose it's driving me crazy well, well you work on the tickle Ooh, you have you have Donuts. I did. I was just gonna say. I didn't just get you a Coke. See, this is the problem with doing. Oh, look is, at see, you! This is why I so, have continued employment here at the Schmidt Show right. LLC Incorporated. <laughs> so the problem with this, though, this is why, um, radio is a little bit better because you can you can take <laughs> oh you can, you can take commercial breaks and do all this stuff and nobody knows. Oh well, we could totally. We're gonna. I think we're talking about doing that here. Right. So here, let's <laughs> cover the. Cover this so I could take a drink of my soda real quick. All right, we're good. <laughs> There's a little flip-down lid on that camera. Oh, that's right. There is. That, that you can use. Look at that. Now you're gone. You know, if you're not watching the now video you... portion... <laughs> None of this makes any you're, sense uh, at all. Well, yeah, well I was just going to say, you're missing part of the show, so you might want to uh, check that out. We, You know what we need to uh, do? Yeah. I would say within the next week or so, we should 
I think we'll be ready to, to move into our, our new, new studio, home. Yes. Yeah. And the nice thing about the new studio is then the video will go out over the website. Yes. So, and I think we'll probably start posting that to YouTube, maybe even. Right. And, and we're, so we're working on the stuff with the Streamio, Restreamio, or whatever you call it. The, the, uh, is it Restreamio? Is that what it's called? Um, Restreamio will be able to actually simulcast all three places Facebook, YouTube, and the website, right? Mm hmm. Nice. So, Awesome. So anyway, um, overnight people lose track of the days more quickly. Oh, I see. Yes. Well, right. But I honestly, pe- that's I hate, not. A, I hate when people say stuff like that. That's not that's an like, excuse for me because so, well, I just lose track of it anyway. <laughs> so it's like when people say eighty percent of accidents happen within ten miles of your house. Well, of course they do. Yeah, because eighty percent of your driving, driving is, is within, within ten, 10 miles yeah. of your house. What are you talking about? Of course, overnight people lose track of days. Because they go from one day to the next day. Of course they ha- would lose track of days more often than other people. I, well, I just... So anyway, today's episode. So I need to explain last week's episode real quick. I titled it Oscar Wilde and something or another, right? And I never actually referenced what I meant by that title. So Oscar Wilde was the guy who first said the quote, um, what did we talk about last week? I completely just lost my train of thought. The um, the quote, uh, not truth is stranger than fiction. Oh, um, life imitates art more than art imitates life. And that was a quote from Oscar Wilde, and that was tied into the discussion last week, but I never got to that. So I just, if you're wondering why the, the, uh, the title was what it was last week, and it didn't make any sense because I never actually referenced Oscar Wilde in the, art, in the episode, that's why, because I got sidetracked and never really got to the the title of or the 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 whatever it was that led to me naming that title. So this week, the title of the episode, if you notice on Facebook Live, I've titled it Hats, Hoods and History. And I bring this up because a lot of the discussion over the last week or so has been this kid from Covington Catholic High School, wherever they were from, Kentucky or wherever they were at, right? And their Make America Great Again hats and the the Native American activist who um, was in the kid's face with the drum and yelling and all of that. And, of course, the kid was labeled a racist and blah, 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 and on and on, right? So that's been the focus of a lot of the discussion over the last week. And I believe it was Alyssa Milano who actually came out and made the statement and said, the I need to find a better way to sit because this makes me look fat when I when I see this is the problem with video, right? I just looked at the camera and realized, holy cow, I look like a slob. So I need to sit up so my chest looks big and I look muscular, right? Is that how this works? I don't know how to do video. Cause like you see on TV, you know, Sean Hannity is a bigger guy than me. And he looks slim and trim and all of that kind of stuff. So He's got camera people. He's, he does. He has a body man, I think, that tells him how to sit and whatnot. So if I sit like this, look at this. I look like I got this big kind of... Anyway. Um, so Alyssa Milano said this week, I think it was earlier this week, and I, you referenced this in a, in a Facebook conversation you had last night, said that the MAGA hat, or MAGA hat, or however you pronounce it, the Make America Great Again hat, is the new white hood trying to equate Trump supporters with the Ku Klux Klan. Well, I want to give a bit of a history lesson today for all of the, the, the folks that don't seem to understand real history. I want to give a bit of a history lesson about the Democrat Party and the Republican Party and so on. So first of all, the, the Republican Party was founded in 1848. They, had their, they offered their first Republican presidential candidate in 1854 um, in, as an alternative to the, the Whigs party. And the Whigs were kind of the more conservative party. The Democrats already established were the more liberal party, even back then, even back in the 1850s, 1840s. So the... 
the the Republicans came along because they didn't want to be associated with the Democrats and they didn't want to be associated with the Whigs. And their general mission was to abolish slavery. Like that was the whole reason that the Republican Party was founded, was to abolish slavery. So in 1860, when they offered their second presidential candidate, Abraham Lincoln, and they decided, hey, it's time to abolish slavery, the Democrats and the Democrat-controlled southern states all decided that they were going to secede on the assumption that Lincoln, as a Republican, whose stated purpose was to eliminate and abolish slavery, was going to destroy their um, their slave-based economies. Now, interestingly enough, the the Democrats who will try to say that oh the the and and I've actually even heard conservatives and Republicans make this claim that the Civil War was actually about states' rights that it wasn't about slavery it was about states' rights. Well, there is some level of truth in that, but not enough to to make it a fair claim and a distinction or description of what was going on with the um, with the Democrat Party and the Republican Party. So the, the southern states decide we're going to secede from the Union, try to make this claim on states' rights, when in reality is they wanted their states' rights to keep slavery is what it was. So yeah, technically it was states' rights, but they were claiming it was the states' right to maintain slavery. So the, the, and I, I actually had a, I actually did an interview with the head of the history department at the, at, um, what's the one military academy? Oh, and I can't think of his name now all of a sudden. Um, West Point? West Point Military Academy. I can't think of his name. I, anyway, I, I did an interview with him, and he actually talks about how this is the claim that's often made, is that, oh, the states' rights, it wasn't really about slavery. It absolutely was about slavery. It was about the states' rights to maintain the institution of slavery, and it was an embarrassment. Um, and so the Civil War, of course, happens. We all know what happened there. The Civil War, um, the South is defeated, and the Civil War ends, and all of the newly freed slaves— as expected, begin to flock to the Republican Party. Um, but the Democrat control in the South was f- from Reconstruction until the modern civil rights area in 1960 was, was absolutely dominated by the Democrats. In fact, in 1960, the Democrats held every single Senate seat south of the Mason-Dixon line. And in the 13 states that made up the Confederacy a century earlier, Democrats held an unbelievable 117 to 8 advantage in the House of Representatives. It was so strong in the South that those 117 House members made up a full 41% of the Democrats' 283 to 153 advantage in the chamber. And as we go on through history, we will begin to find that the Democrats' history of racism and hatred and quote-unquote white hoods was the problem for black people through an entire century of discrimination and institutionalized, as the left loves to point out, institutionalized racism. So if you go through just a few of the of the the voting records and things, if you look into um, the history of the Democrats, the Democrats actually voted to keep African Americans in slavery by opposing the 13th Amendment, um, which officially freed the slaves. Only four Democrats voted in favor of the 13th Amendment. Um, Republicans also passed the 14th Amendment, which granted citizenship to slaves. Democrats, again, voted against it. Republicans passed the 15th Amendment, which gave the slaves, get, which gave former slaves the right to vote. Not, a sing, not, not, not one, not a single Democrat, 56 Democrats in Congress, not one of them voted for it. Um, 
Furthermore, Republicans passed all of the civil rights laws of the 1860s, including the Civil Rights Act of 1866 and the, Demo- and the, uh, the Reconstruction Act of 1867 following the Civil War. The Republican Party, as I mentioned earlier, also founded as the anti-slavery party. Like, that was their entire mission. Um, their first, so there's some there's some discussion as to when the Republican Party was was founded. It was either 1848 or 1854. I have a tendency to go with, from what I can tell, reading the history, the party was actually founded in 1848. Um, they didn't offer their first Republican presidential candidate in 1854. Um, Abraham Lincoln, of course, became the first Republican president, and interestingly enough, right, all of the Democrats like to tout. Jim Crow laws and all of the anti, you know, African-American laws and things over the years. From 1860, when President Lincoln was elected, until 1923, I think, 1920? I can't remember. In the, in the 20s, maybe even into the 30s, 70-some years, the Republicans controlled the presidency. Um, except for one elected Democrat and one non-elected Democrat, which was... The, the Democrat who took over as president when Lincoln was assassinated. Um, and there's some discussion. Lincoln being assassinated um, was an attempt by the Southern Democrats to regain control of the presidency and, and overturn slavery and all this stuff, right? So anyway, uh, moving on. Up until... All of these laws took effect. So the Republicans controlled the presidency for 70 years and put into place many of the judges that would later make decisions in favor of African-Americans on the Supreme Court. Um, It was actually, I believe, President Eisenhower who... who, um, nominated Justice Earl Warren, who wrote the actual Brown versus Board of Education, that decision that actually ended school segregation. So over and over and over again, we see the left in this country as the the party of racism, the party of hatred, the party of anti-progress as I, it's 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 strange to me that the democrats are often called the party of um of progressivism and they would halt progress at any step if at all possible the the democrats are often called the party of liberalism yet they want to curtail people's liberties at every possible step. The Democrats are, well, they're called Democrats, and they would oppose democracy at nearly every step, except for a pure democracy, which we've talked about is essentially a lynch mob, right? And you've, I love the, the, Noah, the, the, um, a statement that you've made before that democracy is is two pedophiles and a mom trying to determine the age of consent. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. it's it's two wolves and a sheep determining what's for dinner. <laughs> you know, exactly. That's democracy. That yep. yeah. So um, that's a pure democracy anyway. But so the the over and over again, the the left has been the party of hatred and racism and and intolerance and and all of that. And when I hear people like Alyssa Milano speaking out and trying to claim that the the Make America Great Again hat is the new 21st century white hood, I don't know how what she actually what her actual quote was, but essentially trying to equate Donald Trump supporters with with the Ku Klux Klan when the history is the exact opposite. The Ku Klux Klan was literally a military arm of the Democrat Party. Like their whole purpose was to intimidate and and promote hatred and racism and bigotry among the people of the South against black people. Like that was their whole purpose, sanctioned by the Democrat Party. 
And so then the argument always becomes that, oh, Republicans and Democrats switched places. The Republicans used to be but aren't anymore, and the Democrats used to be but aren't anymore. And the reality is that is also a myth that is wildly untrue and is something that that needs to be put to to bed at well. Like I said, it was it was Republican President Dwight Eisenhower who openly praised the school of desegregation. A hundred years, a hundred years after the beginning of the Civil War. This this was not this was not a a well, it was the few, first few years after the Civil War and the Democrats purged all of the bad people out of their party. Mm-hmm. And then by 1870 or 1880, they became, you know, the good guys. And it was the Republicans who then had become the bad guys. Sure. This is a hundred years after the, 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 the Civil War that the Democrats were still actively fighting against anything that was positive. For African Americans, voting rights, anti-discrimination why do you, why do laws. That, why do you think that is? It's why, why, because so. I don't think anybody, save for uh, you know, uh, people who, who are literally psychopathic, any most people believe that they're good people and want to do good things. Right. Oh yeah, the KKK believed that they were doing the right thing. So, yeah, but I can understand that. I can understand where their rationale comes in. Not that I sympathize with white supremacists, but I I understand the idea of they they have they had a belief that they were they were following a you know keeping a bloodline pure and, and stuff like that. I, I mean, I understand the rationale, even if I don't agree with it. What is the what do you think the rationale for the for for the for the progressive left and their and their continuation down this path? What is the reason for that? It's honestly, it's ignorance and hatred, and and people people will say, ah, is it really hatred though? I think it is, and and people will say, ah, oh, you you can't you can't say that kind of stuff. That's too harsh. That's too mean, and whatever, right? So, the human nature is projection, right? You believe that you're a good person, and no, I don't. And well, <laughs> the the average the saying, average yeah. Joe believes that they're a good person, and and for the most part, that's true, right? Most decent human beings would say, well, of course there's no difference between, you know, black people and white people as far as their skills and abilities and and inherent intelligence and all those sorts of things. Because we've done, we've seen studies done, right? There's been there's been actual scientific studies that prove that the average intelligence of a black person versus the average intelligence of a white person is absolutely a hundred percent negligible. Like like there statistically there is no difference. In, in the average intelligence of a white person versus a black person or a, an Asian person versus a, 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 a Indian person, whatever. Like, that we know that scientifically humans, for the most part, are all the same. Interestingly enough, if you want something to cool to look up and, and learn about, look into the Ashkenazi Jews. Have you ever heard of the Ashkenazi Jews? This is a different discussion. So the Ashkenazi Jews, um, they actually do have, it's been proven, they're a, a certain group of, of Jewish people, of course. They actually do have a higher average intelligence than the rest of humanity. And they don't really know why. They just do. And it's kind of a strange thing. But, yeah, interesting, very cool thing to look up, the Ashkenazi Jews. Um, they literally are, on average, smarter than everybody else in the world. Huh. So, anyway, that's the difference. But, th- but beyond that, the average intelligence of, of every human being, we all kind of know that that's that's negligible there's not really any difference sure but the 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 person who so for example the the left and and the reason i say ignorance and hatred because i think a lot of them are hateful because of their ignorance if they were if they were to be to be it's funny they claim i'm so woke right if they were woken up and if they were they were aware of what reality was they would never buy into the hatred that they buy into, but because of their ing- ignorance, they buy into the hatred. And here's here's where the 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 ignorance comes in, right? It's the intention to do good. It's the desire to to to. Well, honestly, it's the desire to feel good. Sure. But the 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 desire to feel good about 
helping people, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't, I'm selfish. I don't want to feel bad because someone else is disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. And because I don't want to feel bad, I have to do things that, that put me in a position to feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. Not because I actually care about the other person, but because I just don't want to feel bad. I don't like that feeling. I don't like what goes on in my heart so I, or in my mind. So I will figure out a way to do things that make me feel better about who I am. Sure. So, so the, the best example that I've ever been able to find as it relates to this is the issue of affirmative action, right? So affirmative action says black people have been disadvantaged. Asian people, Native American people, you know, whatever minorities have been disadvantaged in going to school. The only way they are capable mm-hmm. of being successful in the university system is if we give them a special preference. See, now and, I I tend to disagree. I I understand where you're coming from with that because that's the way it actually practically plays out. Is hey, we don't believe we don't believe in you unless you have this crutch. But I I, I don't think that is the. I think the message there is that. It's not that they couldn't succeed. It's that they would have to work infinitely, disproportionately harder than white male privilege to get to the same place. And so if we can offset that a little bit, why not do it? That would be the argument. Right. That would be the argument. But that's not the reality. No, it's not the way it works out. I agree. And and that's the problem with it. Well, let's let's be honest. Here's the way it works out. People that have absolutely no business being in a given position or field because they don't have the intelligence, the willpower, or the credentials to be there. Wind up in that position, and what that's it, the way it and what it ends up, out. what it ends up doing is it makes things actually worse for that individual. So, a an African American and everybody else that has to work with them. Look right. at fire departments that have lowered their standards yep. to accommodate having a certain amount of females on the fire department. Now, listen, I don't have a problem with female right. firefighters. If you can do the same things that a male firefighter can do, and you want to be a firefighter, you should absolutely be a firefighter. And that's not me saying that we need to make excuses for people that are racist or you know making sexual jokes. Nobody should have to tolerate that stuff. Right, of course. But at the same time. If I weigh, I weigh, I don't know, 180 when you get all the guns off. Right. If if I'm sitting up in my house and I need to be carried out of a window because there's a fire, I don't have the luxury of dropping 30 pounds right. because a female firefighter was the one that climbed the ladder. And so right. what you do is you fundamentally put everybody else's life at stake because now those other people have to work twice as hard to compensate for the guy right person that they yeah. can't send up the ladder yeah and 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 again where this becomes a problem as it relates to affirmative action is it actually makes it exponentially worse for an individual so let's just say for example a, a an african american who was a a a c student not dumb not an idiot but not the top of the class but you know worked hard and got all his homework done but he just didn't quite get there Right, he he he. Who was a C student, um, goes off to college and decides, hey, I want to go to Harvard, to to Yale, to Stanford, to to wherever. I want to go to Johns Hopkins University. I want to go to one of the prestigious schools, and I'm a C average student. Well, we know that a C average student in any given high school is going to struggle at a place like Harvard, or Yale, or MIT, or wherever. Right, and so. But because he is a particular minority, he gets few preference points and gets accepted into a Harvard, a Yale, a Stanford, an MIT, or wherever. Now he gets there, makes it through the first semester, and realizes, holy cow, this is a whole lot harder than I was expecting it to be, and ends up dropping out, failing out, and having to to step out altogether and goes well, guess I just wasn't cut out for college and ends up becoming, you know, the janitor or whatever other, you know, low level menial type job or just decides, ah, what the heck? I'll join the gang. Wasn't good enough for college. I'll go back to back to the hood and join the gang and be a part of whatever group there and ends up in a life of, you know, either criminal activity or or chronic incarceration or just never really reaches his full potential. But that same C-plus student who's done a pretty good job of being an average student, does his homework, works hard, fairly intelligent co- kid, but just is a, just kind of an average 
run-of-the-mill guy, goes to a local state school, gets a degree in accounting, gets a degree in um, you know whatever other field. I mean, pick one. Maybe he decides mechanical engineering, so he wants to be a you know a plumber or design cars or you know whatever the thing is that he decides to do but he does it at a state school where the standards aren't quite as tough but they're tough enough to create a good student who's going to do a good job and and be successful now this guy or maybe he just goes to a tech school and becomes a mechanic or a, a, a an EMT or a nurse or something like that and though he was not the top of his class he excels in that particular field because he was able to keep up with the work. He was able to do the things that needed to be done to be a successful student and learn the right information and the right material and goes on to be the best at his thing and becomes wildly successful because he wasn't forced in a position, like you said, where he was out of his depth or out of his abilities. And that's not just true for African-Americans or minorities. That's true for everybody. You take a C-plus average white student and put them in a place like Harvard or Yale or Stanford or MIT, they will struggle, period. Because the reality is, well, the reality used to be, sadly, Harvard and Yale and Stanford and all these are buying into all this garbage, that the, the, the reality used to be that performance cared nothing about your skin color or race or anything else. Performance was simply performance. And if you could perform the task, then you got the job, right? This is, this is the, the whole meritocracy argument. I don't care if you are black, white, yellow, green, or purple. I want to know, can you do the job? And if you can do the job, you'll get the, you'll, you'll get the, the, the promotion, the whatever. You know, interestingly enough, and this goes back to, to your point about how this stuff actually works out in practice in practice, the idea is that they wouldn't have to they wouldn't have to work disproportionately minorities wouldn't have to work disproportionately more or work harder than their white male counterparts to achieve the same thing but the truth is in an actual meritocracy it meritocracy is blind to race religion right. a social status it doesn't matter how much money you have it doesn't matter what your skin color is it doesn't right. matter what your gender is if you can do the job then you're elevated you cannot meritocracy it absolutely prevents anybody from ever being discriminated against. Yeah. What the progressive left doesn't like that about that is the truth is they don't want to eliminate discrimination. They want to control it. Right. They don't want the, the Amazon. They want to discriminate against who they want to discriminate against. And that's why I say it's not based on this. Well, they're trying to do good. It is actually based on hatred and ignorance. Amazon and eBay, they're not afraid of Alta speed technologies, for example, you right. know what they're afraid of? They're, uh, they're, they're uh, excuse me, they're not afraid of the government. Right. They're afraid of the next company like Alta speed technologies that's going to rise up and offer them competition. Right. So they they seek to control the government and put put in place then barriers for the next person right. to come up, and that it's a tactic of the progressive left. If you if you know you're not going to be able to control the other side because they're free thinkers and they're going to they're going to think outside the box. If you know that's the path they're going to go down, then you control the institutions above them in which they don't have any control. Right. And then you can exert control over those people. Yeah, and so that's why I say it's based on hatred and ignorance as opposed to this this generally, well, we we want to do good, it be, but they don't. That's the thing. So I've said this before. The, the the biggest difference between the radical left and and the conservative mindset is the the radical left wants to feel good and and the conservative wants to do good. And sometimes doing uh, good does not feel good. I would argue that the vast majority of conservatives just want to be left alone. Well, and right. maybe some of them choose to do good. Maybe some of them don't. But the as far as a you know a principle of liberalism or principle of progressivism is quote unquote doing good or, or and really what that translates to as you so eloquently put it is actually feeling good it really doesn't matter if it actually accomplishes anything right. we just want to feel good about trying because most of their policies don't accomplish anything no good. of course not but they right. what they, they want to be able to say is well at least we tried and um, I would argue that for the most part like you know the example I've used in the past if you're driving down the road and you have a flat tire 
the liberal's the guy that's going to stop. Now, he doesn't have a clue how to change your tire, so he's probably right. going to you know, take a pocket knife out and try and cut the rubber off, right. and then you'll be left at the wheel and a damaged tire now because he has no idea how to change tire. Right. Now, the conservative's going to drive by. He's going to flip you the bird while he's going by because he's got some place to be. That's your problem. You should have yeah. planned for having a spare tire. But you know what? At least you're no, no worse off. At least the tire hasn't been destroyed. At least the wheel right. hasn't been destroyed. At least, the, you know... Brake lights didn't get cut in the and, process of trying to change the tire. And I would argue the true conservative, I would say that's more the libertarian mindset. I would argue that the true conservative would stop and go, hey, I've got an extra tire. I'll give you my tire. And and you can you can pay me back for the tire next week, whatever. That I would I would argue in and this is where I come back to the six conservative the six canons of conservative thought. Mm-hmm. The first one being is the acknowledgement of a greater power, right? The the idea of a natural law, the, you know, call it karma, call it whatever. As a, as a Christian, I look at it as, as the, as God, mm-hmm. but I mean, the, the idea being that it is incumbent upon me out of my, out of my excess, I should be willing to help those who have less. Now I may not stop and change the tire for them. I may stop and say, Hey, do you need help changing the tire? And they say, yeah, all right, here's what you need to do. Open the trunk, get out the spare tire. Here's how you use the jack. Here's what you need to do. And I'll, st- and I'll, I'll guide them in changing the tire so that when I drive away, the next time their car breaks down, next time they need a tire change, they mm. don't have to wait for someone to come along and change the tire for them. I've done good by teaching them how to change the tire, right? Sure. The old adage of, you know, give a man a fish, Feed them for a day, teach them to fish, feed them for a lifetime. Sure. And that, in my my mind, is more the conservative principle. The libertarian is the one that drives by giving them the bird, telling them, well, you should have thought about this before you left. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, anyway, that's that's somewhat of an off- off from where we're where I wanted to go with this discussion, but I think all of this is good background information because what we what we begin to see in the history of the Democrat Party as it relates to the hoods and the 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 MAGA hats and all this kind of stuff. Um, talking about the history of racism in the Democrat Party. So in 1961, um, John Kennedy becomes president. And he starts to try to figure out what to do about this whole race thing. And, and the, the racial tensions had been growing for some time. And, you know, guys like Martin Luther King and others were beginning to, to rise to prominence in that era. And Kennedy says, hey, there's something we got to do about this. And honestly, P- President Kennedy, John Kennedy, mm-hmm. while he was technically a Democrat, was certainly more conservative than any modern Democrat we know today. Um, he was more conservative in fiscal policy. He was more conservative in his view of, of minorities and civil rights and all that kind of stuff. So after Kennedy was assassinated in 63, Lyndon Johnson, Democrat, radical progressive Democrat, by the way, um, decided that as a tribute to his former boss, he was going to get the 60, the, uh, the 1964 civil rights act passed. And so in June of 1964, the bill came up, and of course it did pass. However, it was passed over the very, very vigorous opposition of the Democrats. Um, 80% of House Republicans voted for the 1964 Civil Rights Act, um, with 61% of Democrats voting for it, while 82% of Republicans in the Senate supported compared to only 69% of Democrats. Um, Nearly all of the opposition, of course, in the South, um, were still nearly unanimous Democratic um, party affiliation down there. 21 Democrats in the Senate opposed the civil rights. Only one of them, Dixocrat Strom Thurmond, ever became a Republican. Right? Because this is the argument. Well, all of the Republicans, or all of the Democrats of the South that were, were opposed to slavery later became Republicans. That's a lie. Strom Thurmond was the only one. Um, The rest, including Al Gore Sr. Does that name sound familiar? Senator Robert Byrd, another one that probably sounds familiar to anybody that follows this. Um, And so Robert Byrd actually was a 
uh, what do they call it, an exalted cyclops in the, uh, in the Ku Klux Klan. They remained Democrats until the day they died. And, and Robert Byrd was in the Senate until, what, 1998 when he finally left, left the Senate, I think, is when he finally passed away. Um, also, 20 lifelong, those, of those 20 lifelong Democrats, their Senate seats remained in Democrat hands for decades afterwards. So did, I'm reading here. So did the overwhelming majority of the House and seats in the South until 1994 when a Republican wave swept the GOP into control of the House for the first time since 1992. 94 was also the first time the Republicans ever held a majority in the House, uh, majority of House seats in the South, a full 30 years after the passage of the Civil Rights Act. It was the Democrats that controlled the, the House and the Senate during the time of all of the Jim Crow laws and the, on and on and on and it goes. The Democrats have a history of racism and it is not a history that was all that long ago. And no, they didn't switch and become different parties from what they were originally. The sudden so-called switch of the Republican Party for the old Democrats didn't happen. It just never, ever took place. Um Democrats held a, in 19, after the 1964 election, Democrats held 102 to 20 House majority in, the, in states that had once been part of the Confederacy. Um, in 1960, that advantage was 117 to 8. Um, Alabama was actually one of the first states to, make, to begin to make the shift to becoming, um, favoring the, the GOP. Um, in fact, voting patterns in the South didn't actually change much at all after the civil rights era. Democrats still dominated the Senate, House and gubernatorial elections for decades afterwards. Alabama, for example, didn't elect a Republican governor until 1986. Mississippi didn't elect one until 1991. Georgia, not until 2002. And so all of these, all of these Jim Crow laws, all of the segregation laws of the South, all of them, all of them, every single one of them, were Democrat policies and Democrat ideology. And so when I hear people like Alyssa Milano try to make this claim that the mega hat is the new white hood, it says nothing more to me than she is completely and entirely ignorant of history and has never taken the time to really understand what the party she supports has stood for for all these years. I've, I've joked in the past that as, the, as we look to tear down the statues of Robert E. Lee and, and General Stonewall Jackson and others down in the South, as we look to tear those statues down and destroy the, the history that they represent, one of the institutions that we should look to dismantle because of its racist history is the Democrat Party in the United States. Right? If we're going to outlaw statues of Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee, maybe what we should do is outlaw the Democrat Party. Their history of racism. Now, of course, I'm being facetious. You can't. Well, what I was going to say was I don't do think that. I, I don't. You know, Stonewall Jackson was was you know was a group, and the group said that it, it had changed its beliefs, updated its beliefs progressivized its beliefs, then I think the, the argument would stand. I think the idea is um, Democrats don't necessarily stand for racism. Past Democrats, some past Democrats made what they would call indiscretions. Right. right? Yeah, they always make, the yeah, they always make excuses. But like I said, I'm, I'm just being somewhat facetious, but if we're going to, you know, destroy history based on past actions of people, well, the Democrat Party should probably be illegal in the United States because they're, you know, they're racist history. You can't, you can't be whitewashing that kind of stuff. You can't be, you can't be ignoring that. Sure. You're going to be racist like that. You lose your right to, to be a party. So the Democrat Party should be abolished in the U.S. So the question of when did the switch get started? Um, the, this, like I say, it happened after the civil rights movements of the 60s. Um, the Democrats knew that they would never get elected 
without the support of the African-American community. Um, and so they began to try to dispel some of the, the truths that it was the Republicans that brought the civil rights movement forward and moved it, it and helped them move their agenda forward despite opposition from Democrats. And, and so the, this, the beginning of the era of national news and the beginning of the era of the conglomerate media corporations and, and the, 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 the bias that we were, that we now all know and talk about as, as a, as a self-determined fact of the, the liberal bias of the media um, is what helped push this forward. The mm-hmm. left has always been very, very good at leveraging the media for their, um, for their benefit. Sure. Now, the, the, the way to kind of illustrate this is that people will say, well, you know, back when Walter Cronkite, back when, you know, Dan Rather was coming up and Tom Broke on all these guys, the, you know, the, the names that we remember from the news, the nightly newscasts, um, when they were coming up, journalism was fair. Journalism was just the facts and and no spin and, and all of that kind of stuff. The reality is that's a myth in and of itself. Dan Rather, if, if most people don't remember this, but there's the famous picture of Jack Ruby being shot, or it's either that one or it's the, the picture of, or, um, or Jack Ruby shooting, um, not being shot, Jack Ruby shooting um, Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those pictures. But in the background, if you look, there's a young Dan Rather mm-hmm. reporting for, a, I believe it was for a Dallas TV station mm-hmm. at the time. Um, Dan Rather was the guy who essentially commissioned, and I'm oversimplifying this because I'm sure some people will try to argue with me about it. Dan Rather was the guy that commissioned essentially false documents in order to smear George W. Bush. Right. No, I, you I know don't, this guy. This I, guy I, has been a radical leftist I don't since think, the '60s. I, I I don't disagree with you. What I would say is though that there there has absolutely been a shift from more reporters back in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, and even into the '90s. They would come out and they would tell you the news. It would just be the right. news. Now, you and I work at a place where I think the, the it would be a, a shining example of of two guys that do a really good job at just reading yep. the news. You would have no idea. I don't have any idea, even working there, yep. which way those guys lean. I couldn't right. tell you. I couldn't tell you which. I could, they, but. Well, because you might, but you worked there longer. I've been right. there a couple months. But the point is, you never found out from right. talking to them on the air. Right. You would never know which way they right. lean. Because they simply present the stories. Now, bias is going to work its way in in all sorts of ways, right? What right. stories do you choose? What sto- what facts? Even right. if you just report the facts, yep. which facts do you choose to report? All of those have... The wording that you use. The, well, the wording that you use. All of those have an effect on the end message, and you right. have the ability to swing it. So I'm not saying that bias doesn't play a role. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. But there has been and absolutely has been a shift from, from that kind of quote-unquote news to Jim Acosta, who is oh, just yeah. short of an activist. Yeah. Oh, no, he is an activist. Well, on, he, yeah. okay, he is an activist, but what I'm saying, he claims to be a reporter. Right. So I'll give him the benefit of that. I'll right. split the, the difference with him and say that he's just short of an activist. Right. But, you know, he goes, <laughs> I mean, when, when, you, when you go and try to make a point about the president rather than just asking a question of the president, that is activism. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. And so I, I think that's where people say, journalism has has gone astray is because jim acosta has not been could not be has never been and will never be a journalist right walter cronkite was a journalist right even if he was a biased journalist that had you know some leaning tendencies but that's that's where that shift began to take place was starting in the 60s shortly after the civil rights movement and the passage of the 64 civil rights act and and all of that the the shift began then and and the media has ever since then been diligently and actively trying to push the narrative ever since the you know the 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 uh, the myth of of Nixon's um southern strategy being you know essentially based in racism 
and and tricking ignorant black people into voting Republican for Nixon. See, because that's the other argument, right? The the whole strategy, the whole Nixon's Southern strategy thing was black people are too dumb to understand what Nixon was really talking about. So he tricked them, right? That's that's the that's again the left saying, well, especially like people like Condoleezza Rice and some of these others that are that are conservative black people, Mia Love. Um, some of these other black conservatives, Alan West, um, they often get lambasted by the radical left, the the media, the the you know the the Jim Acosta's and the Chris Matthews and the whatever is as being quote unquote Uncle Tom's and selling out their race and being a traitor to their race and all these sorts of things, right? Because if they were real black people, they would vote Democrat. If they weren't so stupid that they've been tricked by the conservative, been tricked by the Republicans into into buying the 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 message or drinking the Kool Aid of the Republican Party, they would be Democrats. Like they like they genuinely believe that if you are black and you are a conservative, it must be because you're just not smart enough to understand reality, and and that that's the racist mindset. Of the modern left. It's no longer, hey, we can't be having black people drinking from the same water fountain as white people. That doesn't exist anymore. I, I, I don't know any Democrat that would agree with that. But there are Democrats the world over and the country over that will say all the time, if you're a conservative, it's because you're dumb. And if you're a black conservative, you must be extra dumb. Because look at what the Republicans have done to you for years. Oh, you mean... They prevented Democrat governors from not allowing black kids to go to school. Oh, you mean the Republicans passed overwhelming majorities, passed civil rights laws to allow you, know, you to vote and passed the 13th Amendment that abolished slavery and the 14th Amendment that gave you citizenship and the 15th Amendment that gave you the right to vote. And all of those things, you mean those bad, horrible things that the Republicans did to to black people? I uh, I heard a story one time about a... Um it was a, it was an allegory, and, and, and the way that I had this explained, what you're talking about explained to me was there. if you take a fish tank and put uh, a very aggressive fish in one side and then put a glass plate uh, in between the tank okay. and put the fish's prey in the other part of the tank, the aggressive fish is going to try to eat the its prey. It's going to continue to mm -hmm. try to eat because it needs food. And uh, after smashing its face into the glass enough times and not being able to get to the food, eventually it, get, it gives up. At some point, when you remove the glass barrier, the question is, will the fish choose to eat or is it going to continue to pretend that that glass barrier is there? Right. And so where we're at with Donald Trump, where we're at with the progressive left and conservatism is we are watching people go back to work, people of all colors, all race, all genders. Right. And... As you've pointed out many, many times, people always say, well, the rich, rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. No, the rich That's are getting lie. richer and the poor are getting richer because yeah. the rich are getting richer. Yeah. And so the so now that we have gotten to a point where people can uh, be prosperous, we'll find out if the fish actually choose to eat or not. Right. Or if they continue to see that invisible glass. There is no more glass barrier right. of people of minorities. Right. They can absolutely succeed if they want yeah. to. The question is, are they going to choose to eat lunch or are they going to choose to continue to starve because of because of a barrier that no longer exists? And the, and the radical left and the modern progressive parties of today, whether it's the democratic socialists of, of people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders, will essentially what they will tell you is that the, the well... Let's let me try and word this a little bit. The only way they succeed, the only way the radical left, like Ocasio Cortez and Bernie Sanders and others, and Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, the only way they succeed is they if they can continue to convince the fish, the prey, or the the predator fish to not eat. That's the only way they are successful, is if they can convince the the predator fish to not eat. Because the the honest to God truth is, and I've said this a million times if I've said it once, there isn't a single black person in this world that needs me for anything. There is there is not a minority on this planet that needs a hand up from me to be successful, and and to co to claim such 
is the epitome of racism, right? For me to say the only way black people can succeed is if I give them some preference points in affirmative action. The only way black people can succeed is if I pass a law that forces someone to hire them based on a quota percentage. The only way a black person can succeed is if if I give them something. That is the epitome of racism. And, and I have said a, a million times, if I've said it once, there is not a single black person on this planet that needs Brad Schmidt or any other white guy, for that matter, right. to give them anything. Yep. Because I have met people like Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell. And, I mean, pick think of the, the most P. Diddy, you know, Sean mm-hmm. Combs. That guy... Never needed a penny or a finger lifted from any white guy in the world. Mm-hmm. And he's, what, a millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire, whatever. I'm, sure. Guy's got more money than God at this point. You know, um, Kanye West. Did Kanye West succeed because some white guy gave him a little bit of his privilege? Or did Kanye well, West? Kanye West would probably tell you that. but uh, Maybe not. Maybe really? not Kanye. He's, he's a big Trump guy. I do his Trump guy, but I still thought he was... Pretty left-leaning. Well, he might be, but I mean, but the idea is Kanye West succeeded because Kanye West, and and make fun of him all you want. I'm going to let you finish, but. (laughs) Make fun of Kanye West all you want. You don't get to where Kanye West is in that world by being an idiot. Yeah. You know, Kanye West is no dummy. I mean, like I say, make fun of him if you want, but he isn't an idiot. He's not. Not at all. Well, he is. He's just, you know, he's got some intelligence behind him. Anybody that walks well, up right. and grabs you can a be microphone. An, you can be a genius and be yeah. an idiot. Yeah. But yeah. I, well, he's a jerk. He may be a jerk, but go. he's not an idiot. Right. Yeah. So, and But that's the thing, right? Like, there is not a single minority anywhere that needs me to succeed for anything. Like, there's a million ways that they are able to use their own skills and abilities and, and intelligence to, to succeed. Now... I suppose somebody could say, well, what if they're a quadriplegic and have to be in a wheelchair? Well, actually, no, I funny. You funny. You bring that up and you use that as an example. There is a there is a uh, there is a documentary on Netflix called Torso Man. Right. It's about a guy who was born with no arms and no legs and he learned to swim. Yeah. His name is um, uh, Vic. No. Vujicic. Nick Vujicic. Okay. He's from New Zealand. The guy can swim, and yeah. he has no arms and no legs. What's yep. your excuse? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, but the the point is, like, if you're a if you're a quadriplegic, somebody at some point had to put you in the chair, right? So you can use the little head thing to to move around or whatever it is you want. But like the the point being is, nobody needs me or my white privilege to succeed, and not especially not in the U.S., especially not in America. Now, maybe in other parts of the world, there are still, you know, you know, it's illegal to be a woman in Saudi Arabia or whatever the the law is over there. Um, You know, those sorts of things going on. But for the most part, um, nobody needs me to succeed for anything. And any any individual that tells you that black people can't succeed because of this or black people can't succeed because of that. Or whatever, you know, because you hear this from the, the Democrats all the time. Well, black people can't get into college because of white privilege and institutionalized racism. Okay. So, and and I can't remember, was it, was it, uh, who was the governor of Maryland that ran for president with Hillary? Um, what was the guy's name? Do you remember? Who knew? No. The, the, the guy who ran for um, governor, ran for president. He was governor of Maryland, ran for president. On the Democrat side, it was Jim Webb, Hillary Clinton, and a guy from Maryland. What was his name? I don't know. I can't remember his name. But he he actually made the comment one time, essentially, that I don't remember the exact quote, but he said, you know, black people in my city cannot get out of the, the ghettos and, the, and the, 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 the difficult parts of town, the, you know, the, being from the wrong side of the tracks. They can't succeed. Because of white privilege. I've seen it with my own eyes in my own city or, or own state or whatever, right? And my response to that would be, so what you're saying is the black people in your city are too dumb 
to be able to overcome the obstacles that are in their way. Or they are, they are not talented enough or not gifted enough yeah. in order to overcome the, to the, make it, to overcome the obstacles. Cause guys like Bo Jackson, I mean, a lot of folks that are listening have no idea who Bo Jackson is, but Bo Jackson was a famous football player, baseball player back in the eighties, nineties. Mm-hmm. He came from like the utmost abject poverty. And overcame incredible obstacles. A family, I think he was one of thirteen kids, mm-hmm. and and became, had he not been injured, would likely have been probably the greatest, you know, multi-sport athlete in the history of of modern sports. The guy was just an absolute specimen. Like he just he was amazing. Ben Carson, current head of the the Housing and Urban Development Department in the United States, came from abject poverty. His mother had nothing. He is now probably the most world-renowned brain surgeon in the history of brain surgery and ran for president and now is the head of the Department of Housing and Urban Development and and overcame incredible obstacles. You know, I actually got into into a debate. This was just a couple of weeks ago about about him, and, and the answer I got was he's not really black. Right. Yeah. Because he's, not, he's, not really because he's too dumb to realize that if he was really black and if he was a good enough black person, he would vote Democrat. Which like is, that's, which is that's the weird racist because, ideology of the well, modern it, left. What's funny to me is how, how is that not how do you, how is that not about skin color at that point? Well, right. It's of course that but, but what, do, what do you mean he's not black? His skin color is black. It's yeah. that's like saying the sky isn't blue. Yep. That, that, I, but I, that again, that's what I'm saying. That is the racist ideology of the modern left. It's it's no longer about black people can't drink from the same water fountains as us. It's about you're too dumb to really understand the world, so I have to help you. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. The Democrat the the Democrat party will protect you from the evil Republicans cuz you can't do it on your own. Yep. You're not capable. That is the racist ideology of the modern radical left. Mm-hmm. And and it and it is infuriating to me that that is how the Democrat party sees any minority, not just black people, but any minority. You know, the 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 Hispanic uh community in the United States. They they have to be protected from the evil Republicans like Donald Trump by the Democrats because they can't do it on their own. They can't be successful because Donald Trump wants to hold them down. And here's, let me just clarify this here real quick too. I'm not a big Donald Trump fan. I've never been a big Donald Trump fan. I didn't even vote for the guy the first time. Now come around the next election cycle, I probably end up voting for him if he ends up running again. You know, kind of depends on who's going to, who on the Republican side is going to challenge him. If Ted Cruz challenges him again, I'm a I'm a Ted Cruz guy. I'd support Ted Cruz to the bitter end. I've been a Ted Cruz. Yeah, oh yeah, I've been a Ted Cruz oh. fan. It, the, the the level of intelligence. I had an opportunity to meet and do an interview with Ted Cruz once. And I I agree. It's but uh, uh, but like uh, you. I mean, don't you go for the more electable candidate? See, yeah. Is, okay, so this is a conversation I've had several times, and and this is. The the discussion on the, on on race is is pretty well done in the racist history of the the Democrat Party. I think the the truth being, um, people like Alyssa Milano that claim the Amer- "Make America Great Again" hat is the new white hood are just ignorant fools, um, and the white hood of the 21st century is still the white hood because the Ku Klux Klan still it exists. exists. Yeah. yeah, and I actually know a guy when I lived in Colorado Springs. I knew a guy that was a part of it, and he was a crazy idiot like it just it wasn't a nice guy no not at all like it and it was weird because like unless you unless you talk to him you'd never know right like he was just a regular joe citizen and then you talk to him and realize this guy's an idiot so mm-hmm. anyway um all of that to say where we are today with the do voting the elect the the more electable candidate i think is what's gotten us into trouble because we all say this all the time, right? Well, we got to vote for the lesser of two evils. We can't vote for the good candidate because the good candidate can't get elected. We have to vote for the lesser of two evils. Well, if everybody that voted for, and I know this is pie in the sky thinking, so don't, you know, don't smash me on this because it's, I mean, I know what I'm saying is absurd, but. But you're going to say it anyway? Right. Because 
look, if if everybody that says, well, we got to vote for the lesser of two evils, if they all said, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to vote for the best candidate. Screw the lesser of two evils because the lesser of two evils is still evil. We're going to vote for the best candidate. They would win in a landslide. You know what else makes them win in a landslide? If we went to the alternative vote. Just drop food all over myself. You should not do that. Yeah. If we go to the alternative vote, that also fixes the problem. Alternative vote. Yeah. So the alternative vote is probably longer than what we have time to get into here. But essentially, the alternative vote is something like this. You, it's It, it works almost kind of like a sports game where... You have you pit two candidates against each other. The right. winner of that, every I'm talking in the general election. I'm not talking about primaries. Right. General election, everybody votes for a candidate. If the if they get to essentially rank and say my first choice would be Ted Cruz. If Ted Cruz doesn't win, then I want Donald Trump. If Donald oh. Trump doesn't win, then I want this person. And so as a vote comes in, if the best candidate has enough votes, then he wins. If that best candidate doesn't have enough votes, all those votes get transferred to whoever it was that their second pick was. So at no point is it uh, there's no incentive to vote for the lesser of two evils. No, I'll vote mm. for the one I actually want because if that if that doesn't work out, I've got a backup pick and that is so and so. And so we'll always wind up with the candidate that has the most support 100% of the right. time, not just the candidate who has the support because really in today's election, the way the system is set up, we actually vote against the other candidate. I didn't vote right. for Donald Trump. Right. I voted against, against Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Clinton. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I that's an interesting concept. I've not really thought much about that, so I'll have to put a little bit of thought into that viewpoint. Um here's here's the 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 biggest problem I see with that is the current entrenched establishment would never allow anything like that. No, you you're know, right. You're <laughs> right. I mean, that, right. that's what it comes down to, which yep. is frustrating, honestly. It just like wildly irritating. But yeah, I get it. So anyway, um, with that, I guess, Noah, I think it's time to wrap everything up. We'll see you uh, next week. The Schmidt Show continues. It's news radio. It's not news radio. It is news radio. It's news radio podcasting. That's my terrestrial show. My terrestrial show is on news radio 1310 Kano X. Go to KanoXRadio.com. You can hear me later this afternoon and all week long. So one last thing, because I almost forgot, um, there will be a Schmidt head gear store going up soon. So we'll be, uh, we'll be getting that stuff all ready to go. Also support us on Patreon. If you want to help us out, we'll see you tomorrow or next week.